Frosty Saturday morning here in the Ville. Rashawn Myers coming to you live from the Palatial Studios. WXVW 96.1 FM. I'm tired of it. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm just, I'm tired of it. Haven Hanson in the building with me this morning. Haven, how you doing? Are you tired of the lies, Rashawn? I am. I'm tired of it, Haven. I'm so tired of it. I've never heard that song a day in my life. Tell me that is not the most hilarious song you've ever heard in your life. That is almost. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm a big fan of Weird Al. So, yes, I, I, I that is a a good friend of mine. Uh, everybody knows I'm an avid karaoke person, and that is one of her go tos, and it is hilarious. <laughs> uh, but it's it's apropos, man. I'm I'm tired of excuses. I'm tired of lies. I'm tired of of just. Hearing the same things over and over again. But we have so many things to get into. Josh Hurd uh, met with, uh, uh, he was on a radio show here locally, uh, talking basketball, talking Kenny Payne. We're going to definitely get into that. Uh, we have a new Super Bowl champion who was an old Super Bowl champion back again. Kansas City Chiefs get it done. I want to get Haven Harrington's thoughts on that. Uh, we got DJ Wagner trying to... Uh, <laughs> You know, I don't know, get some street cred or something. I uh, got, got whatever he's doing up there, uh, getting into it uh, up in high school, uh, getting in fights and everything else. We're going to get into that. And so many more things. We got uh, recruit talk. We got 
Promises of help on the way. Uh, got a lot of things to get into. Uh, of course, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm counting down the days to spring football because <laughs> that's where we're at. Uh, but the Louisville Cardinals, uh, are, you know, are up front. And, and, and you know, they. It is, it is amazing where we are as we sit on February the 18th, the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, and the Louisville Cardinals currently at 2-23. and 23. Two and twenty-three, is that is that right, Haven? Two and twenty-three. That is correct. Cheesy Louise. Two and twenty-three. But guess what, Haven? They had they are coming off two close losses to ranked teams. They almost beat Miami and they almost beat Virginia. Aren't you excited about that? You see, I you know what I I don't know why you're worried. I mean, you can see <laughs> you, you can see the progress. Oh, I, I, you know what? Let, let me just let me start here. So, uh, okay, so I, I, I'm going to try to uh, – because I know Wayne's out there listening, and Wayne's always worried about my blood pressure, okay? So, Wayne, I promise you I'm going to try to keep myself on an even keel. And, and Haven Harrison, you can let me know if I get a little you, – if you need to give me the safe word, just give me the safe word, yell banana, and I'll cut it off and just stop and stop talking, okay? But I'll just start here. So, while I, I will say this. There are some people that are so terminally frustrated by the season that the fact that Louisville has indeed played two pretty good games, the last two, uh, going on the road down to number 19 Miami, uh, having the lead, uh, you know, with two minutes to go, uh, you know, on the the J.J. Trainer dunk and, and having the opportunity to win that game even though Miami did win, you know that was that was a sign of improvement. I readily, uh, you know, understand that, and, and I appreciate that. They come back home against Virginia, had a you know pretty decent offensive game plan, um, and you know Virginia didn't play necessarily their best, but Louisville had an opportunity against a, a top ten team. You know they played it close, and that's you know that's okay, and, and I'm okay with that, and I appreciate that, and that's pretty good. Um, but I'm just going to say this. I'm never going to, like, that's that, while that in a, in a vacuum by itself is awesome, great. I expect for Louisville basketball to be able to play with ranked teams and, get, and have a chance. I've seen, you know, what, a Louisville team that lost 20 games beat the eventual national champion, University of Kentucky basketball team. Okay, so I expect for University of Louisville basketball to be able to go out there and play with a ranked team because I believe in the talent of this, you know, of this team. So doesn't surprise me. But the amount of see everything is going to be okay and everything's turned around is a little bit over the top. Like, am I wrong in saying that, Haven? I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about, Rashawn. <laughs> I mean, like, if, if you look at these past two games, you can obviously see – the turn has happened. They're, they're buying into what Kenny's selling. They understand now what their, their roles and what they're supposed to do. I mean, it's, it's obvious. I mean, these past two games, it's obvious that the team is much better. They're learning. The culture is being built. The culture is taking hold. The culture apparently has been installed. And we're ready to go. I mean, this time next year, we're going to redo the <laughs> roster. We're going to hit the transfer portal hard this uh, this offseason. We're going to add, uh, you know, about four or five dudes. And next year, 
we're going to be above 500 <laughs> and, and challenge them for a tourney spot. No. And then by year three, well, we're going to be in a tournament. We're going to be like a second-day team in, in a tournament. No, no. I don't know what you talking about, Rashad. No, no. This is what this right here, Haven Harrington, is not is not is what we're not going to do. Because let me tell you something, and, and I said it on Twitter last night, and I'm gonna tell you what's happening right now. And you know, to to kind of to let folks know who don't follow me on Twitter, it's at uh, Rashawn R A A S H A A N. Yes, four A's, two in the front, two in the back. Um, I said that the University of Louisville is becoming the University of Excuses. Okay, the shadows of loser mentality is creeping into the once proud program, and it's sad. And I'm going to tell you why. When we are trying to find anything and make it okay, and we're trying to, like, the fact that when you already had 21 losses coming into the last couple of games, and now you get losses 22 and 23 and you try to reason it to make it okay or tell everybody why it's better, let's make no mistake. Any other coach, and honestly, if Kenny Payne was not a former alumni, he would have done a job to where he may have already been fired. Am I advocating for Kenny Payne to be fired? No. Am I saying that Kenny Payne can't turn around? No. But what I'm not going to do is sit up here and try to put lipstick on a pig. And I'm not going to sit up here and spout rainbows and puppies for something that's been an absolute train wreck and a completely horrible failure of a year one. Okay, now that's not to say that things can't turn around. But I am tired of people trying to tell me why it's okay. Why everything's going to be all right. I am tired of people getting on every television broadcast and telling Louisville fans why they know that Kenny Payne's going to turn around and they know he's the guy for it and tell Louisville fans to just sit down and just stop being so ridiculous that things can't be turned around in a, in a day. I'm tired of it because it's a lie. It's an absolute lie. There is no reason that anything should ever be this bad. I honestly know high school coaches here in town that could have done much better than that. Whoa, whoa, slow your roll. And and you know what? Why? That's, that's, Why all the hate and vitriol this morning? That's not a shot. That's not a shot, though, because that's not saying anything about Kenny because at the end of the day, Kenny's going to have another opportunity to get this together next year because I don't think he's going to be fired and I don't think he's going to um, quit. I do think he's going to be back, and he has an opportunity to turn around. But – the one thing I would love to hear, and you, do you remember You remember the movie Hancock, right? I can't play the sound because I thought about playing the sound and I listened to the sound, but the sound was a little, <laughs> language gets a little special in there. Um, but you remember the movie Hancock with Will Smith, right? Yes, I remember that great piece of cinema. Yeah, and Hancock, for those who didn't know, he was kind of a, he was a superhero, but he was a jerk. Okay, so he was always saving people, but doing it without any regard for people's property, any regard for, you know, trying to actually help without being just kind of a, a jackwad. Okay, so when Hancock finally decides that, you know what, the people are mad at me, so they want to see me go to jail, uh, you know, and, and serve time for all the, the, the crappy stuff I did. 
Okay, and as Hancock went to jail, um, he had a, he had a press conference to say he was going, and he said, you know, things are tough for me here. You know, I'm the only one of my kind here on this planet. You all have to just work with me. Uh, I, I need to do better. I need to be better, and I will be better. That's all I want, Haven Harrington. Accountability. I'm so tired of excuses. I don't want to hear about clouds. I don't want to hear about this job was so tough when you took over. It wasn't tougher than the Missouri job um, that that their new head coach took over. It wasn't tougher than the Maryland job that Kevin Willard took over. They both those teams had worse records than Louisville last year. It wasn't tougher than the LSU job who's still under sanctions, still under a cloud, and still awaiting resolution from the NCAA. It wasn't tougher than... Pretty much most of the jobs that they, there were nine jobs in the Power Five where coaches took over programs where the coach got fired because of how horrible the season was. You know who's the only coach that doesn't have a 500 record, Haven? Who would that be? That would be Kenny Payne in the University of Louisville. That's because we had a special case. Unlike all those other schools, we had like the past eight, nine years of cloud. Oh, God. We had eight, nine years of scandals and. And, and and Mac not coaching because he quit on the team and the guys were traumatized. I don't know what you're talking about, Rashawn. They were traumatized. <laughs> and ta- on top of being traumatized, hey, I'll come in there and I will choke the life out of you. Okay, first of all, with, with, with my. You know with, what? With, I was about to make a bad joke, cord. but I'm not. <laughs> because Robbie Valentine's a friend of mine, so I'm not going to make that joke. <laughs> see? See? See, this is why we can't have nice things. That right there. <laughs> and I apologize. I'm so worked up this morning. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. If you want to text in and be a part of the show, please do. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If I'm a hater, I don't heard people say that I'm the black coach hater. You are. I've been told that. If King uh, Payne was white. If you agree. <laughs> <laughs> if if you want to get in, you can also give me a call, 502-384-1450 on the Wake Up 502 buzz line as well. Would love to hear from you. But no, I, but honestly, like, I, I'm like, the cloud does not make you not play defense all year. Like, the cloud does not help you put together a competent, like, offensively, fine. If you don't have great offensive players, maybe you don't have players that can consistently score. But guess what, Haven? The last two games, Louisville shot over – they shot almost 60% against Miami, and they shot in the mid-40s percentage versus Virginia, which is excellent, versus a UVA team. It wasn't offense that's been the issue. Like, one of the biggest problems with this whole talent conversation is that people need to understand, because I thought that, you know, Louisville fans – are you know some of the smartest people in terms of understanding and their knowledge of basketball, but I do question that with some people because everybody knows the one thing that you can do without having overwhelming talent is play defense because defense is about effort and strategy. You see what you have, you see how you can formulate a game plan to at least make it difficult for the other team to score, and this Louisville team has been awful defensively. That has nothing to do with talent. The biggest place where a coach can impact a team immediately is defense and rebounding. This team has been inconsistent rebounding the ball, and they have been horrible defensively. So while talent can definitely um, keep you from being a great offensive team, defense is not about 
It's not about talent. So things like that, and when I see things like that, to try to say that Kenny Payne has nothing to do with anything that's happening, that this coaching staff has nothing to do with what's happening, that's a lie. It's absolutely false. The fact that people try to make this out to be so much more of a difficult job than um, every other job in the world and why Kenny just had it so much worse, and that's why they're 3-23. and 23. I'm sorry. I said I wasn't going to yell. That's why that has nothing to do with being 3-23. and 23. I'm sorry, y'all, for, for yelling into your speakers. I apologize. All I'm saying is stop. Just stop. And when I hear Josh Hurd come on the radio yesterday, the Louisville Athletic Director, and he starts spouting the same stuff. Anytime, Haven, let me tell you something. He literally, before he started talking about his thoughts on the season, he literally prefaced his conversations by saying, these aren't excuses. And then guess what he does, Haven? What's that? List every excuse that I've heard this whole season. Kenny had such a tough job. He came into a horrible situation. You know, he just came into this. We've had this cloud hanging over us, and we've been on probation and this and that. Really, so that's why they're 3-23. and 23. Like, you know what I needed to hear? You know what I needed to hear for Haven and would have been, been okay with me, and you can let me know your thoughts. All I wanted to hear was this season has not been good enough. But I believe in Kenny Payne. I believe in his vision. I believe in what he can do. And next year, things will get better because we will give him every tool that he needs to make it better because you deserve better than that. Is that so wrong of me to to just want that? Like, can I get that response? No. Honestly, is is that terrible? Mm -mm. I mean, like, that's that's all I want. Because you know what, I, the last coach, the first-year coach to get that many excuses, you know who the last one was, Haven Harrington? Who? Steve Crackthorpe. Oh! In year one. And that, that the fact that Louisville was 6-6 six and six with a team that just won an Orange Bowl, bringing back almost everybody, while they were 6-6 six and six and didn't make a bowl game. And what did they do? They blamed it all on Bobby. Bobby didn't have any control over his team. Bobby didn't, you know, he didn't have enough uh, talent. And, you know, Bobby didn't leave that. He left the cupboard bare when he left. Do you remember all those excuses? You're a football guy. You remember all those excuses? I, uh, I remember all those. I remember everything he said. You know, he came in, he tried to make excuses for why he took what was an Orange Bowl team at 11-1, beating Wake Forest in the bowl game to uh, having almost all the talent come back completely. And then be like, well, you know, they're undisciplined, they're unruly, there's cancers on the team, these guys aren't playing like they're supposed to play, blah, 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 blah. But yet and still, you try to have Anthony Allen run jet sweeps <laughs> as a power back and try to have a six foot six Mario Rita go, go out as a slot receiver. And do Yeah, run a bubble screens. Yes. Had, had nothing to do with the Harbor play calling. Nothing. Or the fact he didn't know what he was doing as coach. Nothing. And and that's my only problem is because I'm getting flat Crackthorpe flashbacks. No, this is worse than Crackthorpe. Oh, it's much worse. They at least won six games. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally, Crackthorpe's first year, he's going to win more games than Kenny Payne. <laughs> Even though Kenny Payne has 32 games. Minimum. 32 games. And Crackthorpe's going to win more games. On a, what, 11 or 12-game schedule, 12-game schedule? Yep. 
12 games. And Steve Crackthorpe's going to have more wins than Kenny Payne. And basketball, I know Haven would, would love to argue with me, but basketball is still the sport at the University of Louisville. And in your flagship sport, you're going to have three or four wins. And, and trying to figure out how they're going to get to four is questionable. But you know what? That's where we are. So you know what? Every fan that's upset and every fan that's frustrated and every fan that says, you know what? I've seen enough to see to want to move on. That doesn't make them a hater. It doesn't make them not love the program. It doesn't make them hate black people or black coaches. You can just be angry and frustrated. I'm not saying that there aren't people out there that maybe because Kenny Payne's black, they have issues. Maybe because, um, you know, Kenny Payne wasn't the guy they wanted, that they want him gone. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't people out there like that. But there are plenty of people out there, and I am one of them, that's okay with being unhappy and frustrated with what's happening. And that's all I'm saying. Like, that, doesn't, that shouldn't label you a hater. It shouldn't label you uh, uh, any of those things. Because you know what? This is a this is a this should never happen. Three and twenty-three? Three and twenty-three. Really? And I'll say this. With what Louisville's done over these last two games, Haven, you know what I want to see today? A win. They should win. You have everybody coming back. You have the 2013 team here in town. Peyton Siva's here. Luke Hancock's here. Almost everybody's going to be here. They said Shane Mahanen couldn't make it. Uh, no, they told Shane Mahanen not to come. <laughs> Get it right. They didn't tell me he couldn't make it. They told him not to come. There's a difference. There's a difference. I, I'm not – I. I'm, I'm trying to stay out of that conversation because – I don't know if I would have the most popular opinions on that. But they said Shane Mahanen can't make it. They Russ, no, Russ no. is playing pro ball overseas. They told him not to come. <laughs> Get it right. Get it right. And okay, they, they told Shane to sit this one out. They, thank you. Russ is playing overseas. But other than those two, everybody else pretty much is going to be here. So you have the, 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 the 2013 team being um, celebrated. They're going to raise a banner. Okay. Number one in the uh, coaches poll. So you get that, <laughs> which is something, which is awesome. I give Louisville and Josh Hurt credit for that first step towards trying to get the banner put back up. Man, you know, this sounds like shades of desperation, like when they had to honor Lamar Jackson to get people to come to this to the football games because of Satterfield's just being so average. Oh, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. I was just like when they took put Russ Smith's jersey in the banner uh, in, in the rafters last year. It's absolutely trying to once again put lipstick on a pig. But, you know, the, it is the 10-year anniversary. Those guys deserve to be honored. And I need my players that are on this team to see that, you know what, this is horrible. But this right here, this team and what they, uh, uh, you know, exemplify <clears throat> is why we will not accept What's happening this year? You know, let's change the topic of conversation. I want to ask you this question. Yes. Where would you rank the, 20, the 2013 Louisville championship team as far as great Louisville teams? Well, I mean, they, they won a national championship. And I mean, there's only I mean, been three national championships. I mean, but, 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 ever. but, but would they be better <laughs> than the 1980 team? Or would it be better than 1986 team? Like, 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 where would you rank them? Um,. No, I, I, I do think that they would be third 
of the three, maybe better than the ADT, maybe. I don't know. Like, I don't think so. But that the, the thing about that Louisville team is very interesting. You know, that, that Louisville team was like the first team to win a national championship shooting like below a certain percentage from three. Now, I know that the three-point line didn't exist when those uh, other two teams won. Yes, children, we're old enough to know that <laughs> there was a three-point line in 1986. But... Um, they were the first team that had that lowest three-point percentage since the advent of three-point line in 1987 um, <laughs> to win a championship. So that team was was definitely – it was a struggle for them offensively. They kind of had to use their conditioning to to kind of wear you out, and then they would kind of get on a run in the second half, and they were great defensively. But, I mean, of the teams, clearly they were the least talented group. I mean, that 1980 team – had McDonald's All Americans and the greatest player to ever play at Louisville uh, there on the on the roster, and that '86 team had even more talent, you know, with with Purvis and uh, Ice and and the rest of those guys. So yeah, I, I would put them probably third, um, but you know, I, I it's it's close, but they're definitely the third best team in Louisville history. I don't, I don't think it's even close. I think that '80 80 and '86 teams are by far <coughs> superior. Yeah, like I said, I mean, they, they had definitely had more talent. Louisville had a system that they utilized to win. You know, they had a, had a, had a pro at center. Um, but, you know, if you look at everybody else on that team, none of those other guys, you know, really made it. I mean, Peyton got drafted. Russ got drafted, both of them in second round, and, you know, ultimately washed out. But, you know, when you had a national player, um, not national player of the year, but uh, – you know, first-team All-American in Russ Smith. Of course, it was the following year, but you had a guy who ultimately became a first-team All-American. You had a, a good deal of talent, but not nearly what you had in 88-86. I'll agree with that. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I would definitely take the 80 and 86 teams over the 2013 team, but what that team meant to bringing back the standard and, and holding to the standard, because when you look at it, that team in 2012 went to a Final Four. The next year, they went back to the Final Four, won the championship, and then the following year ended up uh, as a one seed, but got upset, of course, in the Sweet 16 by UK. But, like, that three-year run was three of the best years of Louisville basketball had seen since, you know, probably the, the, the late 70s, early 80s. I mean, so that, that, that's to be commended. You know, especially with the parity that there is in basketball now, um, you know, bigger field than there was back then. So, yeah, no, I, I mean, they definitely deserve their due. And I'm excited, man. I, like, what do you think about this banner going up? Like, like, do you like that? Do you think that's a, a first step? And do you think that ultimately the banner will be back up there? The banner will be back up. I, I think there comes a point where, where Louisville just has to go the North Carolina route. You just be like, yo, I, I could care less what you guys think. We're gonna do what we're gonna do anyway, and whatever happens, happens. Well, they did. They did go to the NCAA to seek guidance on what they could put up as far as the banner goes. So they're actually going the diplomatic route, Haven. They're not just gonna just do the UNC way, which would be like, yeah, do, do these are bogus classes, and what, <laughs> and and <laughs> what. I mean, now why I don't disagree with you, but and th- and that's basically what they did with the these new allegations for the whole uh, Adidas scandal, and that's how they kind of got out, you know, got yeah. past it. Right. And what? Okay, it happened. And what you gonna do? Nothing. But I mean, with this case, it's a little bit different with the banner because the NCAA had already ruled on it. So you know, unless you just want to just get slapped, because they said it would be a level one violation if Louisville just like put that banner back up. 
on their own. And we, we really don't need any more level one violations around here. Either. Does it matter at this point? I mean, we're not going to bring players in anyway, so what, what does it matter? I mean, we don't want to stay here forever, Haven. Like, like <laughs> I do want to get passes at some point, please. Yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> Put the banner up to take your violation like a man. Be like, yeah, we did it. Take man. a violation like a man. Yeah. I mean, just it was like lean it. Like, look, everybody wants to paint you as the bad boy urban school. Just lean into it. Like, yeah, that's us. Oh no! I, I now I, I totally agree with you there. I've always felt that Louisville needed to lean into their urban, you know, urban school thing as much as possible because I think that's that's their hook. But you know, at the same time, I would really rather not um, <laughs> piss off the NCAA anymore. You know, I don't want to get outside of probation first. I, I, honestly, though, that bad boy look may help us uh, land Juan Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's I, I I I'm on you. We go we gonna take our first break. I, I'm not even. We'll we'll definitely talk about about Wags. Hey man, that has a great segue right there, buddy. Hey, absolutely. Oh, oh Wani Wags getting into it uh, with Fair Eastside. <laughs> hey, you, you are listening to Wake Up 502. Rashad Myers, Haven Harrington, 96.1 FM WXVW. To be at Big X, and we'll be back. I'll come to you like an affliction. But I'll leave you like an addiction. You'll never forget me. You wanna know why? Cause I'm a liar. Yeah, I'm a liar. Hell rip your mind out. Hell burn your soul. Welcome back. Welcome back in to Wake Up 502. 96.1 FM is going down on the Saturday morning. Here in the Ville, Rashawn Myers, Haven Harrington taking care of you. Uh, segment number two of the day. A little punks jump up to get beat down in honor of Dewan Wagner showing at Eastside High School that he's not going to take it. <laughs> For those of you all who don't know, uh, you know, top recruit. Um, former Louisville target and current Louisville signee and commit, <laughs> Dewan Wagner and his teammate Aaron Bradshaw up, up there in, uh, in NYC got into a little scuffle. <laughs> got into a little scuffle, Haven Harris. This is about the, 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 this is about the thir- second or third. I think Wagner's gotten in like two, two AAU fights. Now I got a high school fight. Like, this dude, is, is is that what UK needs to turn around? You know, they say UK is on the outside looking in. Is that what they need, a little little ruthless aggression to get get things back, get that's, Cal back yeah, on top? Yeah, that's the thing with it is the attitude. <laughs> that's, you know what? Dewan is just a throwback to the 80s. You know, back in 1986 through 96, that little fight, the little scuffle they had at Eastside High wouldn't have been a thing. But, eh. But first of all, Joe Clark would have been there that time. So <laughs> Batman, I'm sure, would have. Uh, oh, yeah. He wasn't having it. He wasn't having it. <laughs> he wasn't having it. But 
Ah, you know, just kids, the energy, you know, little little machismo going on. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah, I, but I, you know, I, the the way that the Kentucky fans are talking right now, I don't know if if Calipari will be around to coach them. They they tired of them. They said they they don't care about the recruiting class. They don't care about you know Anthony Edwards and and uh, did uh, Dewan Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw and Robert Dillingham. They don't care about the the best class that Calipari's had since Carl Anthony Towns group. They said they don't care. They tired of it. Like, do you believe that at all? Like, I don't. Yeah, believe I do. That. Do you? Yeah, I do. I mean, wow. I mean, after losing to the Peacocks last year in the first <laughs> round, and then coming back with this year, <clears throat> supposedly adding some, you know, some components. Yeah, bringing back Sheboy and and you know having an, another top recruiting class. And you and you brought in some transfers. They're supposed to be top notch shooters and marksmen, which is exactly what last year's team needed. Yeah. You know, so you would think that this this. We're gonna be a better team, but they they were actually gonna make a deep run in the tourney, and now they might not make the tourney. Yeah, I mean, it, like what what's worse? What I mean, like I feel like I don't know who's worse between Louisville because everybody knew that Louisville's gonna have a losing season this year, but it's been worse. But UK was like a top three team, and they may not make the tournament. Like who's having the worst year? Uh, I know that's that's weird to ask, considering Louisville's having like maybe the worst of any Power Five team ever. But like with the, you have to consider the expectations though, don't you? Oh, you do, and you know what? It's it's really hard. Like I, I just want to say, Louisville is much worse because we only got three games, three wins. Yeah, just just it's it's just, just three yeah. wins, <laughs> and we're literally leading every statistical category for the worst team in the history of Power Six. And what's crazy is like even with that, like. Neither team is going to fire their coach after this year. No. Which is crazy. Well, Cal has lifetime contracts, so trying to get rid of him is going to be difficult. True. And Kenny, well, it's his first year and everybody loves him. So, there's that. It's very interesting. It's a very interesting year in the Bluegrass. UK, of course, takes on uh, number 10 uh, Tennessee today at home, uh, 1 o'clock on CBS. They got a big win uh, on the road uh, Tuesday versus Mississippi State. Uh, they needed that win. I think they said at the point that UK won, it was a quiet one win, only their second quiet one win of the year. Um, so they need every win they can get. They definitely need to beat Tennessee. They beat Tennessee and Knoxville back last month. Um, they need to do that again uh, because they, they pretty much just need every. From what uh, Joe Lenardi said, he feels like if UK loses more than two games the rest of the way out, they're probably going to have to win the SEC tournament to get in, which is crazy. <laughs> oh wow! That, yeah, that is beyond crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. So yeah, UK got a lot of whole, a lot of work to do, and you know what? If they lose, really not gonna hurt my feelings. Uh, we're gonna hop on the uh, wake up five hundred two buzz line, or actually the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Got text coming in uh, hot and heavy. Um, says, uh, bro, I'm trying to listen on the station. That's uh, oh no, hold on, that's that's not today. Sorry, texter. That was it's only his second text. Well, I appreciate you listening. He says, remember when George and Patino decided to name the court Denny Crumb Court? Um, it was because the program was losing fans. Um, I do definitely remember them naming. Like first of all, Denny Crumb Court was definitely apropos. It definitely needed to happen. Um, you know, which is awesome. But yes, they were trying to. Um, Ease the tensions, let's just call it tensions, between the Rick Pitino folks and the Denny Crum era folks. Um, because, of course, everybody remembers the fact that, you know, when Rick Pitino came in, he really didn't embrace the former players and didn't want the former players hanging around. To put it mildly. You know, yeah, just he just wasn't down with that. And, you know, that caused a lot of bad feelings, especially with the way Coach Crum went out. 
Um, but, you know, I, I do remember that. And, and you know, the, the university is always doing things to try to ease things, you know, the retiring Lamar's jersey and nearly put Ben DePudi trying to jump in every picture he could before running away and making sure Vince Tyree got fired and <laughs> all, all these other things. Yes, we, we definitely do like to go for a lot of the PC moves. I, I'll agree with that. Um, but, you know, hopefully – Hopefully this PR move will at least result in a win. Like, I don't care, Haven. I I will, if bringing the 2013 team back and putting that banner back up, if that motivates this team to actually get a win, because honestly, with as well as Louisville's played the last two games, this is a game that they win. Like, I'm going to be honest with you. If Louisville loses to Clemson today, even with coming in with all this momentum, even with, uh, you know, the 2013 team coming back, if they can't find a way to get a win today, it's kind of like that Russ Smith game. Because the thing about Russ Smith, Jersey retirement, they were playing Notre Dame, who wasn't great. They were just okay. And, you know, you're retiring Russ's jersey. Can Louisville at least put it together for one day on Russ Day? Guess what they did, Haven? What's that? They lost. <laughs> they lost again on Russ Smith Day. So I'm going to need, and, they, and, and I once again, I always appreciate Russ. He came on the show last year. Um, the morning of his jersey signing here on Wake Up 502, which was absolutely awesome. Uh, and I really appreciate Russ for, for doing that for us. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'm going to need at least let all these good feelings result in a win. Um, you know, I'm taking my son and a couple of his buddies to the game tonight. I want them to actually be able to celebrate. My son, like, you know how hard it is trying to raise a young Cardinal fan when you have to look at this piss-poor product out there year in and year out? Like, but, to keep him from trying to change and saying, Dad, I'm a Kentucky fan now. But you know what? Like, but, you know how hard that is? No, because, like, this should give him hope that if they can take a guy like Fabio Basile, there has to be space <laughs> on the bench for one Cameron Myers. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying. That's, I, I, that's real talk. <laughs> <laughs> Back to the uh, uh, to the uh, Thornton's uh, text line, uh, 502-414-1450. says, good morning, wake up, 502, main event. Um, he says, this is not our culture. A few points. He says, Louisville is not winning tonight, and I agree with the excuses from Josh and the fans, especially that we played better against Virginia. Virginia was playing around uh, with Louisville because they knew I guess he said he's not believing. Uh, he does not agree with the excuses. He says Virginia was playing around with Louisville because they knew they were going to win. Uh, they had the confidence. Plus, Louisville cheated with the deflate gate. <laughs> well, I'll say this about your first point. I do agree with the point that with in both situations, honestly, I think with both Pittsburgh and Virginia, both of those teams came in and played about a C game. I don't think that either team was really on their P's and Q's. I think because Louisville's record is so bad – People, really, especially when you're playing Louisville for the first time, don't really understand how much talent Louisville has, and that you're not. It's not like you're coming in and you're playing a, a you know, I'm sorry, Scotty, but Bellarmine. You're not coming in and you're playing. <laughs> you know, you're not playing a team. Not playing. You know, a ride. Yeah, you're not coming in and playing like right a state. bad team. Like, yes, I know the record looks bad, but Louisville has actually dudes that can play, and they have size and athleticism. So if you come in and you're half-assing it and and you're not taking them seriously. They can knock you down, and I think that's kind of the situation that happened in both of those games where these teams thought it was, you know, here's the team with the horrible record. We're just going to come in, and we don't really have to practice. You remember when Montreal Jones was on with us back on Made Event, show, uh, uh, event Sports Show back in the day, and he said for Kentucky Week they didn't even practice? Yes. We used to Tennessee. <laughs> like, he said that they didn't even practice on UK Game Week at UT. 
Like, that's the most disrespectful thing I've ever heard, especially in football. <laughs> that they just really, they just started getting ready for the, the following week's opponent. It's like, yeah, we already knew he was going to beat Kentucky, so we really didn't care. I feel like that's kind of what happened. And that's not to take, well, <laughs> I'm not trying to take away from what the guys did and the fact that they did, you know, have a shot. But I do believe that both of those teams came into that game really not with an edge the way they should have. Like, I think the effort that Louisville will get from Virginia the next time out when they go back to Charlottesville at the end of the year will be a lot better than what we saw uh, on Wednesday night. Uh, so I, I will say that. Uh, second point, uh, Texter says, secondly, uh, KP has to flip the whole roster uh, this offseason. If KP fails, uh, then we need to move on. I, I agree with that, but I, I'm going to tell you what scares me about that. And I said a little bit of this last week is that I do believe in the talent of this team. Do I believe that the roster is super imbalanced and they have like all forwards and no guards or all forwards and one guard that can actually competently play? Like I love Hersey Miller and Fabio, but they aren't ready for this level right now. Maybe they will be at some point, but they're not right now. So you only have one competent guard that can play and a bunch of forwards. Mike James is not a guard. He's a small forward. He's a wing. Um but the roster's out of balance. But I do believe in the talent of these guys. Like, I think that Louisville has a lot of guys with pure talent, size, length, athleticism. Jalen Withers, hell, is the best three-point shooter in the ACC right now. So, I mean, they have talent. Brandon Huntley Hatfield, former five-star player, is an athletic talent. Um, you know, I think that they have guys that can play. And the thing that worries me about flipping the whole roster is that let's say you flip this whole roster, Haven, and you only bring back two guys. Let's say you bring back Kamari Lands. And Mike James. But L. Ellis leaves and either goes in the NIL route to the transfer portal or he decides to throw his name in the hat for the uh, NBA, which is what I think he's actually going to do. Um, what I worry about is, yes, you can flip the roster. And, yes, you can bring in a bunch of uh, low major D D1 guys or mid-major D1 guys that want the opportunity to play in the ACC. But that, now you're playing with guys that coming out of high school were low major the projects, basically what you're saying. And that's what worries me is that one of the things that's helped Louisville this year is the fact that even though the defense hasn't been great, even though the offense has been spotty at best, they at least had enough high-end talent to where they could like kind of trip and fall their way to, to competing in some games. Like, what happens when you don't have the ability to just athletically dominate people? You know what I mean? Like, does that make sense? Like, that's what worries me. You may get more experience, but as we've seen with Kentucky this year, um, you know, just because you have guys that are experienced, you know, if uh, Antonio Reeves was a guy that was playing at Chicago State or, or Illinois Chicago, you know, he still at the end of the day looks like an Illinois Chicago guy when he's playing against, you know, elite competition. And that's what worries me. And he was one of the top portal guys. So if Louisville's getting like mid to low level portal guys and you flip this whole roster, honestly, it, it, I can't say it'll be worse then this year, if at least there's roster balance, but I don't think it'll be nearly the um, improvement that people are thinking just because, well, let's get all these players in and just get new players in. Well, so, well it's, it's tough. Also, well, it's also a, a double-edged sword, right? Because once you bring in all the top talent, then everybody's going to see a an immediate change, right? They want to see immediate improvement, which makes your job a thousand times harder. Yes, you have more talent, so you should be able to do more and score more, and play a little bit better defense, but the issue you're going to have is everybody's also going to expect more and want more. 
and it's up to you're gonna have to deliver. And what we've seen so far, you know, Kingpin is supposed to be like a big man whisperer and all this other stuff, but the big men have to be like the worst group on the team. I mean, we've had, you know, Mike McGee's was supposed to be a big man development guy. You know, Kenny Payne's supposed to be a big man development guy. Danny Manning's supposed to be a big man development guy. But our big men horrible. have been terrible for <laughs> a while now. Like, our, our big, like, since Stephen Enoch graduated, like, it's fallen off a cliff. I mean, outside of Malik Williams, you know, dragging around that one leg and being okay from time to time, like, that's pretty much been it. For the for the big man, I mean, you know, you had um, um, Emmanuel Acorfor who came in and gave Louisville a lot of energy, but you know, we've seen now that he looks like a kid that's coming over from Africa midseason that is, you know, a decent athlete and has a good motor, but he's playing like that, you know. I mean, he's giving you a couple points, a couple rebounds, but he's not fundamentally changed anything. No, you know, and and, and now they're talking about this next kid that's coming over from the NBA Africa program. Um, but a, we don't know if he uh, if he's going to be a, a commit for Louisville because apparently now he's starting to get a lot of attention. Um, you know, the, the the big dogs are starting to look at him, and there's the possibility he may just try to go ahead and put his name in the NBA draft. So you know, it's 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 an easy thing to say. Let's flip the roster, but in some ways, I'll say be careful what you ask for uh, with that because I think you don't appreciate some things about this roster. Like, I do think because you have so much size and you have so much athleticism, that covers up a lot of things. So while structurally it hasn't been great, at least when you're big and you're long and you're athletic, you can accidentally be good at some things, at least part of the time. You can make it happen. Yeah, we'll see. And uh, Texas says, lastly, Brom is still out uh, recruiting. He has a, a fast kid from Texas uh, that he's looking at. He actually said a fast white kid, but I don't know who he's talking about. <laughs> um but yeah, but Jeff Brom said he said he's going to continue to hit the portal. He said that that's definitely going to be a part of it. I still expect Louisville to uh, sign another tight end. Um, you know, I, I've heard that Jer- uh, Jeremy Johnson, um, of course, did sign uh, the tight end out of California, um, and he has uh, made it to campus, which is awesome. Uh, he'll be here for spring ball. Um, absolute monster, six six three, two hundred fifty pounds as a tight end as a freshman. Like that's unbelievable size, but I do think that Louisville's still going to have to bring up, uh, bring in another tight end. Of course, Marshawn Lynch, who was here for uh, Marshawn Lynch, uh, Marshawn Ford, who was here at Louisville <laughs> for eighty-five years, finally is out of out of eligibility. So Louisville definitely needs to bring in another tight end. So yeah, Brom's going to stay out there on the recruiting trail. He said he uh, expects to continue to um, hit the portal, truthfully, until the summertime is what he said. Um, that he could still look to add guys uh, all the way to when fall ball starts. So, uh, yeah, Brown's out there doing his thing. Uh, we, we are going to go back to the text line one more time, 502-414-1450. Uh, texter says, uh, you don't flip the roster. You have to have practice players. Fans, stop being stupid. <laughs> hey, like, I'm, I'm telling you, like, it sounds good to say, oh, it's all the players' fault, and Kenny's just needs to have all new players that buy in. And I'm like – you can you can be upset and frustrated with Jalen Withers, but there's a lot of things that Jalen Withers does at 6'9", 250, 260 pounds that if you replace him with a kid that's, you know, 6'7", 215 pounds, but he's got decent stats at, like, some mid-major place like Colgate or something, like, while he may be a little bit more experienced and he may have put numbers, better numbers up at that level, can he give you the production that Jalen Withers was this year in the ACC? 
you know, stuff like that. So I, I agree with you. Um, I, I don't think Louisville needs to just go out there and totally turn the roster over. I, I think that you bring back at least – five to seven of these guys if you can. I mean, but like I said, these kids have opportunities. Not, and now it's not about, you know, is he going to jump to the next level? Now it's about is he going to jump to the next level or jump to another basketball team, you know, with the one-time transfer and the, uh, you know, transfer portal and all that stuff, you know. Heck, maybe he says, you know what? Why am I sitting over here when North Carolina is losing both of their starting backcourt guys? You know, why, why don't I just go over there and try to get in there? Or this team has a spot for me, you know, and, and they, they're going to the tournament. So, you know, it, it's going to be a very, very tense offseason. Kenny Payne has said that as soon as the season is done, that he's going to hit the trail hard. Um, you know, Josh Hurd said that they're, they've, they're going to make every available um, – you know, tool for Kenny to be out there to go out there and get the type of student athletes that they need. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, it sounds good. It sounds awesome. Um, but until something happens, uh, I'll just wait and see. And that starts with today. It, I want to see improvement. If if Louisville truly did improve over the last two games, then I'm going to need them to see find a way to beat Clemson. Because if you lose to Clemson today, then those last two games mean nothing. At all? Oh wow! Honest, like I, 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 I feel nothing like nothing at all. Nothing, because then it just proves that you know what? Maybe Pittsburgh, or excuse me, maybe Miami and Virginia just overlooked Louisville and kind of got caught flat-footed. If you can't beat Clemson home, who's a team who has an RPI in the sixties, nothing great. You know, now of course Louisville's RPI is in the toilet, but you know. This is a game that you win at home if you're Louisville. So win the game. That, 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 that's all I'm gonna say on that. I mean, you know, I, I just I can't I can't continue to make excuses, man. I, I can't do it anymore. And, and this is I'm giving you one more shot today. My I know y'all think my attitude was bad this morning at the start of the show. Don't let me come in here off off another loss this week and, and Louisville find a way to, you know, lose the next couple. Because th- then my attitude is gonna be really, really extremely bad <laughs> but when we come back we're gonna go ahead and hit this top of the hour break when we come back i want to get haven harrington's thoughts we got plenty of other things uh to get to i want to talk about the super bowl um where haven believes this puts patrick mahomes uh in the lineage uh, of great quarterbacks i want to know his thoughts on that last uh penalty as well uh we have that and much much more coming up here on uh wake up 502 with rashawn myers and we'll be back this is rashawn and we're out Damn, everybody hit the floor. Okay, it's too slim. The hard rock, brother pack the woman near to the brothers. There must be a hole, but something good. And it's just now it's whole body swollen. What did I have to do with
feel the power, brother. Yeah. Feel the power. What do you the gold glow, baby? <laughs> that was Patrick Mahomes last Sunday. Who the baddest man in this town? <laughs> congratulations. I hate to say it, but congratulations, Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl champions. Got it done. Patrick Mahomes found the glow. He came in there on that high ankle sprain and just basically said, you know what? I take your ankle sprain and I poop on you. And gets it done. Knocks out Jalen Hurts, which makes me happy personally because I'm a Jalen Hurts hater. <laughs> and I will say it. <laughs> and the Tennessee Chiefs get it done. They get the Super Bowl victory in resounding fashion. Get, get the uh, game-winning field goal uh, and with, what, about three, three or four seconds remaining and get the win. So, Haven, first of all, shout-out to the good folks over at the Granville uh, Pub uh, for hosting us for our Super Bowl uh, pregame show. It was awesome. Energy in the building was amazing. Uh, love uh, love the, the, the college kid energy, man. Like, that, that, they get so excited, even though it was hilarious, because there were, like, two whole tables of ladies that were literally just there uh, for Rihanna's halftime show, <laughs> which was just funny to me. They're like, yeah, we're just here for the halftime show. It's like, wow, okay. All right. But, hey, but Haven, like, give me your thoughts on the game, just your overall thoughts. You know, the game was, to me, the game, like, lived up to expectations, right? So, easily the two best teams almost all year, especially the Eagles NFC, they were easily like the best team all year long in the NFC. And, you know, they just battled. And I, I'm about to give up to Jalen Hurts. You know, I've, I've been pretty hard on Jalen. He was at Alabama, then once again, Oklahoma. And I was even down on Jalen when the Eagles took him. But he can ball. He had that one horrible mistake that probably cost him the game, which was the fumble, which was ran back for a scoop and score. But, man, outside of that, Jalen – answered almost every time Mahomes had the ball and did something, Jalen was able to answer it throw for throw. Yeah, Jalen balled. He balled. Like, I, I can't even take anything away from him. That kid, like, I, I, it was one of those things where watching the game, I couldn't be mad. That That's definitely, I know it sounds cheesy to say, but it's one of those games where there really wasn't a loser. You know what I mean? Like, I know that only one team can hold up the trophy, but both teams deserve to win. I mean, if I was going to complain about one thing about the game, it would be the Eagles' defense. They came in as number one sack defense. I told you about that defense. I told you. I to- what did I tell you about that terrible schedule they played against? I tried to let you know. Yeah, because like their front four is supposed to get pressure. Mahomes did not show did up. Did not touch him. Not one single sack. Did not him. touch him. And, and you can't let him have time in the pocket to run around and, and, and do what he does. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. That's exactly why they lost. It's that simple. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Now, now let me ask you because, of course, the super controversial holding, defensive holding uh, on third and six pretty much um, was what cost the Eagles the opportunity, a real shot at winning, at at least tying the game, having the opportunity to tie or win. Um, did you like the call? Um, should it have been called? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um. So, technically, by the letter of the law, it would be a penalty. But I don't think there was enough of a tug to really alter the route. Uh, I wouldn't have called it because Super Bowl tends to be a little more physical than, like, regular season to play. I mean, playoff games are more physical than regular season games. So, Super Bowl is more physical than a playoff game. Yeah. So, 
I wouldn't have called it myself personally. I, I, I just would let it ride. That's that's me. But by the letter of the law, yes, technically it is a penalty by the letter of the law. But no, I, I wouldn't have called it. I agree with you. I, like it, they they let that go all game. You know, guys were being handsy. That guys were doing all types of things. Uh, the fact that they, they call it in that position and in that spot um, just really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Uh, so, you know, I definitely was not a fan of that. But we actually have a caller call, calling in uh, to the Wake Up 502 buzz line. So let's go ahead and get him right in there. Uh, caller, your name? Oh, hold on. Hold on, caller. Hold on. I got you muted. Uh, go ahead again. Your name, please? Jay Ham, sir. Hey, what's going on, Jay? Good morning. How you doing, brother? Fine as ever, sir. How you doing, sir? Man, doing all right. Doing doing wonderful on this chilly Saturday morning. What you got for me this morning? Man, there's a lot going on, brother. Oh, yeah. And uh, there's a lot going on tonight. I'm not going to get a whole lot with that tonight, but it is what it is. Uh, you know, quick and roll into the young set at 7 o'clock and see if Lowe can get a record, but I'm not praised on that right now. The one thing to be praying on about my birthday party. Yeah, yeah, the birthday party. Uh, now, I just added some more little, little tricks and trick or treats involved in that. Okay. And uh, it's going to amaze you, Sean, when I tell you when you see it. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so happy like that. Go ahead, Bob. No, no, I said, I know it's going to be, it's going to be, uh, everybody's excited about it. I'll say that. Man, I can't wait. I wish it was today with the party. <laughs> <coughs> yes, sir. And uh, uh, my uh, colleague looking for you. Who's looking for me? Uh, my colleague, James Linton. Oh, is he? If, if you're still interested about, you know, the barbecue. <laughs> hey, hold on. Look, look here. Look here. This is a live radio show. I don't I'm not trying to talk about barbecue on the radio. Do you have any sports <laughs> takes for me? Or I will hang up on your tail. Get it. How about this? Is Louisville going to beat Clemson tonight? Can you tell me that? No, sir. They're not going to win. No? They're not, they're not, they're not going to win another game. Really? They're not going to win another game. So. Wow. So, so, even with all the momentum and everything? Man, I don't care. You can bring, you can bring the Dallas cheerleader to me. Um, you do all kind of stuff. Like that. You bring Patrick Henry back. You, know, you, you can't see nothing. Hell, they ain't going to win a game. Wow. Jay, so you yeah, not win another so game, you, you always, So, you don't care that Peyton Seaver's back, Luke Hancock's there, they're putting the banner up. You don't think with all that that they can still find a way to, to, to do, you know, nothing? No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Wow. You can go with the back and see who the stars. They still don't win. Wow. Kenny does not know what to do. And you know that. Man. But I'm, I'm sorry to say that, man. I'm 96.1. I'm sorry to say that, sir, but it is what it is. Oh, wow. Well, there but we that's go. My that's my prediction. Y'all heard, y'all heard it from, from Jay Hayes. So, I, you know, Jay, I was hoping, I, I, you know, I was hoping they could at least do a little something. But I will be there to check it out. I'm sure you will be checking it out as well. Absolutely, absolutely. We're gonna be there. And, and, and get my last peanut butter jelly sandwich. Yeah, there it is. Jay Jay loves hey, Jay's the only dude that goes to the media uh tables, you know, where they have the, the setup for the food before the game and gets a peanut butter jelly sandwich. <laughs> I'm like, where did you even find peanut butter and jelly? They got all this food. They got all this, you know, lasagnas and, and chicken tenders and everything. Jay finds peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
It's hilarious. Yes, sir. No doubt about it, sir. Hey, Jay, I'm, I'll make sure to, to run that commercial, let everybody know how they can get in, involved, all right? Yeah, do that, sir. I got you. I got you. Hey, you have a good one, brother. All right. You too, brother. All right. <laughs> He's crazy. He said, what about this barbecue? It's like, what? <laughs> What are you talking about, Barbecue? Right, right. You know what I'm saying? What, what, what are we doing? I, I, if you want to be next, uh, give us a call, 502-384-1450 on the Wake Up 502 bus line. I think I may have missed a, a caller. I was uh, trying to get Jay together. I apologize. I'm juggling a lot of hats over here, people. So uh, definitely get, give a call back on there, and uh, we'll hit Jay's commercial as we go to break. Um, but no, I, I I think that Haven they could have that they could they can call that anytime and in that position even though I was you know I had cho- picked Kansas City to win I was the only one on the pregame show to pick Kansas City you and Brian Trent both rolled with the Eagles you know so even though I wanted to look good and see the Kansas City Chiefs get that win because that was my choice um, I was mad I was upset because you know what. That that defensive holding call could have been called at any point. It was not called earlier in the game. Um, you let that go. If that happens, Kansas City kicks the field goal, likely goes up three, and then the Jalen Hurts has the ball with about a minute and forty seconds left and a timeout or two. You know, and let's see what you got. Which is plenty of time, and yeah. he has some super talented wide receivers. Let, let's see what you got. Like that, that to me would have been the best outcome. And, and it's just funny to me. That was probably one of the best played Super Bowls that I've seen in years. And then to have it at the end of the day come down to an official's call in the last two minutes was absolutely perfect. Like Roger Goodell literally had come out and praised his his officials because he said this had been the best year of officiating in decades in terms of the officials' ratings and how they did. And for him to come out and beat his chest before the Super Bowl and then to have an official's call decide the game is perfect. I mean, it's perfect. Like, like I couldn't script it any better. You know, I, but I, I just – it was unfortunate the way it ended. Um, that's not to say that the, uh, char- that the Chiefs didn't earn it. Um, they definitely did. They did what they had to do. The fact that Patrick Mahomes off a high ankle sprain – you know, having that very, very difficult tackle versus the Jaguars, for him to come back, play the way he did against the Bengals, and then two weeks after that, come back and beat the Eagles, who had had the best regular season in football. Um, I can't, um, you know, I, I can't, I can't say anything. You know, hey, it, it's it, awesome. Like it's amazing. It was. I mean, it, it was amazing. It was. It, was it, it lived up to the hype. This one of very few Super Bowls actually lived up to the hype. Yeah, it was billed as a heavyweight title fight, and we got all of that. Plus some. You know? I mean, so, no, it, it was awesome. Now, now, Haven, like, I've heard some people say that they feel that already Patrick Mahomes has, like, put his name in the top five of quarterbacks all time. Like, like, what, what, are, do you think that he's on that level already? Do you still need to see more? Uh, like, what, he, what, what do you think? need to see a lot more. No, he, he's not all time. I mean, not all time top five. Like, I've heard some people say he's top five already. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you still got guys ahead of him. A lot of guys. Not a lot of guys, but you still have, you still have some guys ahead of him that didn't know that Patrick is good. He's a great quarterback. He, now, I will say this. I will say of this current generational quarterback, he's the best. Yeah. I, I will say that. He's better than Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, no, he's of uh, this current generation of quarterback. He's he is the best. I mean, only person you can say he's behind right now would probably be 
a retired Tom Brady. That's only because Tom Brady is the greatest of all time. Yeah, I mean, I I, I struggle to think, like, can a dude that's still this young in his career, he's only 27 years old, can a guy who's only 27 years old already be one of the five best to ever do it? I mean, there's so many other guys, though. I mean, you're talking about, you know, your Joe Montana's, your Joe Thais. Yeah, the, the longevity has to be a part of it as well, right? Well, you know, the longevity is part, part of it because, like, you can't hit quarterbacks anymore. Right. I mean, like, those guys played when, yeah. no. You no, can take a quarterback's head off. Yeah, uh, i.e., that's why Joe Theismann had to retire because, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what's his face, ripped his leg off Yeah, on a sack. So, I mean, oh, LT. Yeah. You know, Lawrence Taylor, like, like, ripped his leg off. So, yeah. I mean, this it's it's a completely different era, um, and of course you look at this those older quarterbacks like Roger Staubach and Elway and those guys. The NFL wasn't as pass happy then as it is now, so like you know you really couldn't put the stats and numbers up unless you're somebody like Warren Moon, who just happened to play in, in a run and shoot offense, or Jim Kelly who played in a K gun offense in, in Buffalo. So Patrick is good, but it is. I think there's still some, I would say top five, but I can definitely right now make a case for top ten. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I agree with you. I, I think that um, it's a little early for that because I do think that there is a uh, there is a longevity component that's part of it. But the fact that he has um, two Super Bowls in the last four years, some people are already asking, like, is it possible? Can he, can he go for the Brady? Can he get seven championships? You know, and I'm like, it's it's super early to be having conversations like se- first of all the fact that Brady has seven is still ridiculous and now we're already trying to say that somebody else could do and half of those was was with bums yeah I mean he had like zero wide he had like one good wide receiver when they had Randy Moss those were two years they had Randy well one year they had Randy yeah. Moss yeah the undefeated season yeah and I was like but he didn't win the championship that year though Remember no that? but I was like literally the best player he played with right. Yeah. I mean, like when they came back and beat Atlanta, I mean, his his best player, Gronk, didn't play the game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I mean, no, and, and I think the one big difference, and I, and I will say this, the one advantage that Patrick Mahomes has over Brady um, right now as far as the feather in his cap, you know, honestly, Brady was a game manager his first couple of Super Bowls. You know, it was more about the it was more about the Patriots defense. It was more about Lawyer Malloy, Ty Law, and, and just that nasty defense with Teddy Bruschi and all those guys, Willie McGinnis. It was about those guys, and you know, it was about Brady not screwing it up, not turning the ball over, uh, and then may, being able to make a completion on third down. Like that was the way Brady won his first two Super Bowls. Didn't really become Brady running the show until. You know, Super Bowls three through seven. Whereas Patrick Mahomes pretty much carried the Chiefs in his first two. So he does have the opportunity to, if he can continue to win, that he could, you know, his star could ascend above Tom Brady. But you got to do a lot more winning. Yeah, and Tom did it with a lot less talent. I mean, a lot more winning. You know, so uh, it's going to be interesting. Like, like, I'm not ready to sit there like – any Super Bowl that you win, especially because we see teams that, that jump up and will have a good year or two, and then they kind of fall off a cliff. Hey, the Eagles might be one of them because they just lost both the offensive and defense and defense coordinators. And they're going to lose a lot of talent off that team as well. Oh, yeah. 
You know, I mean, that, that's kind of the way it goes. I mean, anytime you have a team, like I said, all, they have four guys that had 11 sacks or more. Like, that's ridiculous. So I would, I would probably willingly say that probably half of those guys are going to be gone <laughs> next year. You know, you're going to see some offensive guys probably have to go away as well. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. So, I mean, you know, the fact that Patrick Mahomes was able to get these two, I think you need to just celebrate that and celebrate what, what he's done and appreciate that and not already try to put Brady on him. Because you shouldn't try to put Brady on anybody. It's like trying to put Michael Jordan on anybody. You know, it's, it's like, you know, I know LeBron thinks that he's the greatest thing to ever walk on a basketball court. But, like, trying to put Jordan on anybody just isn't fair. LeBron is the greatest of, of his generation. He is that. But, uh, like, hands down. I don't think it's even close. He is that. But Kevin Durant said he still got something for him. No, he doesn't. <laughs> Kevin Durant now of the Phoenix Suns, who just got introduced uh, by the Phoenix Suns uh, earlier this week. So Kevin would always be number two <laughs> to LeBron James. I mean, hey, KD, KD if, if KD can find a way to get him a couple more championships. He would still be behind. You know, he would still be behind LeBron James. I mean, he, but he, they would both have four titles. No, but it's, it's not the know, same. But it's not the same. So, no, it's not the same. It's not we'll the same. We'll same. see. It won't be the same. We'll what would be the same because LeBron has been literally the man since he graduated high school. LeBron has always been the second best player on his team anytime he's won. He has been the man. He, he has, ran away to, to, to the Heat. He wasn't the best player when the Heat won their first championship. That was D. Wade. When he won the second championship, I give it to him. He was the best player, but he was saved by Ray Allen in the in the finals. Um for for the uh, his championship he won with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Kyrie was just as good as him in the finals. And if Kyrie is not averaging 40, they don't win the championship. The fact that LeBron's able to keep Kyrie in check is all you need to know. AD was the better play, was the best player on the team when they won the bubble championship. Like, LeBron has only been, like, no doubt the best player in the finals but, once. See, but, the, but the thing is, though, those, those have all been his teams, right? No, no, that Le- was not. No, that no, Miami, no. The first LeBron, one, Dwayne Wade was the ex- face of Miami. Except for so, the first no, one. No, 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 sir. Except for the first hey, one. His first two. Two. His first two. No, his They second. won two championships in Miami. Dwayne Wade was always the face of Miami. The same argument you give me over Steph Curry, you cannot take that away with LeBron James. LeBron, like, he was, like, D-Wade was always the face of Miami. Understand that because you told me that even though Kevin Durant was the best player, it was still Steph's team. It so was. it's the same. It is the same argument. That was always D Wade's team. It I, was never LeBron's I team. Was, but LeBron's done it better and longer than KD has. How's he done it better and longer? Because he's been the face of NBA for like almost a decade, almost fifteen plus. I years. mean, I would argue that Steph Curry's been the could, could have an argument to be the face of the NBA. Uh, no, it's, it's it's LeBron. I mean, LeBron is no doubt. Considered, I mean, he's been around longer. I mean, Steph didn't get into the league until twenty ten. I mean, like, but LeBron has been considered literally the man since like he graduated high school. It's fair. Literally since he graduated high school. KD is like, has fits and starts, right? <laughs> At best. KD's like, what about me? I mean, <laughs> KD's crew is like his hairline. It's just all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're just throwing everybody under the bus today. That wow. A, that, that, was, was, that was a good one right there. Dang. Uh, I had to write that down. That's terrible. That's terrible. <laughs> but no, I mean, but no, I, all I'm saying is, you know, like, uh, yes, everybody knows LeBron is definitely the best of his generation. But KD still got time. He's he no, still he got time. It's over. He still got time. It's over. You I mean, know, he doesn't. No, I mean, it's, I mean, KD's good. But like the song says, Haven Hanson, it ain't over till it's over. Yeah, it's over. So we'll the see. Fa- the fat lady's son have walked out we'll the building. We'll see. We'll see. KD is still reasonably young. So he's still got, he's still got at least four, four or five good years in him. 
So you know we'll have to wait. You got you until you can't until all the data comes in. It's the same thing I say about Kenny Payne. Like, am I upset with Kenny Payne? Yes. And, and, am I happy with where the direction of the program looks to be right now? Uh, absolutely not. But I'm not gonna you know say anything about my opinions of whether he should or shouldn't be there, or whatever, until all the data comes in. So I mean, you know, w- once all the data comes dude, in, I mean, dude, LeBron is just at a level know. that nobody that that no player in his generation can touch. Yeah, well, I mean, the man's but you're also in an offensive happy area well, as well. Well, first hey, of we all, got we got another caller calling in. I'm gonna, <laughs> let me go have his caller cut you off. Uh, caller, you're on the line. Your name. Man, good morning, Sean. And hey, David. how you guys doing? Hey, morning? what's going on? What's going on, Wayne? Just uh, arguing about LeBron James, uh, apparently. KD. Uh, but see, I, I'm going to throw a different slant at it. Okay. The, 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 the true face of the NBA, he's gone and departed, was Bill Russell. How many championships did the Celtics win? Yeah, uh, a bazillion. Russell had 11 of them. There you go, right there. That, that is all arguments. All Hold on, Wayne, because I, I agree with you on the winning, but, like, A, first of all, there was only eight teams in the NBA, and the Celtics had, like, more than half of the league's best players on their roster. So, like, I'm just saying, like, I, I appreciate the greatest, but, A, Russell was a primarily defensive player on them teams, and, B, they had all the talent. So that, that has but to be put in consideration, right? Yeah, I, I, I'll go for that. But the thing of it is, he did what was needed. He didn't need to score. That's fair. He didn't. And and, and at the end of the day, what wins championships? Defense. defense. Yeah, defense. Absolutely. So no, I agree with that, you. That's what I look at. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, Michael Jordan, all of those are great great players. Yes. And and they did what they needed to do at that at that time. But I can I I would I'd be willing to say that if LeBron and uh, Jordan was back in Celtics in the and Bill Russell they they wouldn't be half as good because the defenses are better back then. Yeah. They played they got up in your face. You can even go back and if you want to look at the the bully boys, the the Pistons, they wouldn't be doing. Yeah, they would not be doing what they did. No, I agree with that. No, and that's one of my and that I agree with you, Wayne. And that's one of the reasons why I say with all these guys. I mean, just the fact that you know Russell Westbrook could go out there and average a triple double two years in a row kind of tells you the era that you're living in. That you know it's a very offense and stat happy era. So you know while we can we can celebrate what LeBron has done, like you have to put it through the caveat of understanding that freedom of movement. Like what would Michael Jordan do? With the freedom of movement rules as they are right oh, now. Oh, God, he'd be unstoppable. You know, what would Kareem Abdul-Jabbar do with the freedom of movement rules as they are right now? You know, or exactly. Magic Johnson, you know? I mean, it, it's, you know, if you couldn't put an arm bar on Magic Johnson. It was, it was tough. <laughs> <laughs> are you are right. Are you kidding? See, but it, it, they got protected. See, back in the day, they knocked your block off. Yeah. And kept on going. <laughs> yeah. So that would be the main, the main difference. But they, but at the end of the day, they're all they, they're all great players. Absolutely, absolutely. and that will always be a life life lifelong uh, debate. But I just want to uh, uh, I wanted to find out about uh, Jay Hazard's function. Yeah, um, I know it's next week. Yeah, but do you do you have, to have tickets or, or what? Yeah, they, they, the they, 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 they do have tickets. I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run the commercial again. In fact, hold on, Wayne. I'm gonna run the commercial right now. Look at look. Just because it's you, hold on. I'm gonna give everybody, and then we're gonna be right back. So don't hang up. I'm gonna give you the commercial right now, Wayne, because you're who you are. Saturday, February 25th, Jocks Bar and Grill, 34. 
23 Breckin Lane in Louisville, Kentucky comes to life from 9 p.m. until 2 a.m. Because it's the Jerry Hazard, Jake Hazard birthday celebrity celebration. Come out and party with the stars. Rajan Rondo, Jamal Brown, Mario Orudi, Dion Branch, and many of the MMA fighters. And on the ones and twos, it's none other than DJ Lowski. Come party with Jerry Hazard. He podcast live with Wake Up Bible 2 Sports Show hosts Rashawn Myers and Haven Harrington. Saturday, February 25th at Jack's Bar and Grill, 3423 Breckenridge Lane in Louisville, Kentucky. Admission is $10 at the door, $20 VIP with catering from Jeff Ruby's. For more party details, call JHAT at 502-889-1366. Event is sponsored by Roots 101 Museum, CassieDesignEvents.com, The Tipping Point Radio Show, The Curie Doctor, Community Connections Radio Show, and TLC Care Hub LLC. There we go. There we go. So, yes, absolutely. Uh, they, they, they do have uh, some, t- so, some tickets there. Um, so, you know, you can reach out to Jay, and he can get you together. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I got his number. I'll, I'll give him a buzz. Absolutely. I want to have my face in the place. Yes, hey, it's going to be. And uh, let me tell you something, Wayne. Like, like I said, this is the time, the first time that Jay's had his party uh, since COVID. And like, Jay's party is huge every year. Like, Jocks, I'm, I'm gonna tell you this now. Y- y'all are gonna want to get there early and <laughs> make sure you get it because it's gonna be packed in there. And with all the people that he's going to, it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say this before I let you go. Do we need to camp outside? Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I'm telling you, I'm gonna be. Of course, we're gonna be doing the show live. We're gonna be doing a live version of the show before the party. So it's gonna be like game day 502 over at Jocks. Uh, you know, for, from uh, seven to I think we're gonna do it seven to nine because the party starts at nine. So oh, okay. we're gonna do seven to nine. We're gonna do the show sounds, live. Sounds good. So me, yeah, it's, it's going down. Now, now let me ask you, Wayne, before you get out of here, I gotta ask you. So Louisville. Okay, they've played better over the last two games. They played well on the road at Miami. They played well on Wednesday versus Virginia. But I need to know, are they going to find a way with the 2013 team putting that banner back up, with everybody there, everybody's giving them motivational speeches, will they find a way to get a win today? Yes. Okay. It, it, they're going to. And, and, I'll, t- and, I'll, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the, the reason why. Okay. They, they made, they've made leaps and bounds and, ma- and great milestones. And it's time to close one out instead of giving it away. You can't, you know, if you go back and look at the tape, you say, we gave this away. We done gave the last two games away. So when, when are we going to win a game? It just appeals to their psyche and their pride. Get a win. No more excuses, no nothing. Get the win this evening. And, and, and we're, not, we're not selling for anything less. We want the win. And then that would will, that will, that will do them all good. But they can get the win today because after, after, after you got embarrassed last time by Clemson, you, you don't want that to happen again. It's back at home. It's time for it, – it's, what is it? What's, what's the saying, though? It's time to put up or shut up. Yes, sir. I, no, I agree with you. And, and, I, and I, think, I think that'll happen. And it is always shot. You and Haven, you know, you, you – know, you, you, I'll, I'll, I'll be, be – you're, you're my guys, you know. You know what I you know what I would say, but I'm being nice. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. No, I appreciate the call, Wade. Thank you, my brother. Man, I appreciate y'all, Sean. All right, and now. I'll see y'all next week, Doc. Yes, sir. I can't wait to see you, brother. All right, now. Me, me, me too. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. Ah, oh, there goes Wade, my man. Like, you know, every time Wayne gets on the call, on the call, and on the line, he puts me in a good mood, Haven Harrison. 
know what I'm saying? That that's why he even makes me feel like I got the glow sometimes. So you know, on that note. We're going to go ahead. We're going to hit this last break. When we come back, we got plenty more foolishness. We're going back back to the text line. If you want to get in now, 502-414-1450, the Thornton's text line. You can also give me a call on the Wake Up 502 bus line, 502-384-1450, and you can be in next. Everybody knows that you need to glow. You need to glow, to glow, to glow. And if you love to live, you live the life the way you love to love, you take the gift. Cause when you got the glow, you see it on your face, you feel it in your head. People understand that you got the glow, and they'll be well, cause the power's there when you got the glow. I love about this commercial I mean this video and watching these dudes like do these terrible dunks and look like they've never played basketball ever in the basketball song is that everywhere is where everybody in the game is wearing light beer ver- uh, jerseys it just <laughs> says light beer with numbers which I don't know what light beer like it'd be like if it was like Miller Light or Bud Bud Light but it just says light beer it's like why do you have light beer on your jerseys I'm very confused <laughs> like I don't understand Curtis Blow. Like if you if you're gonna advertise, then at least advertise all the way. It literally just says light beer. Wow, you know it's back in the small liquor days. So, you know, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure someplace Lando Calrissian <laughs> is sitting back, very excited about that commercial. Like yeah, <laughs> right. Oh gosh, that's hilarious. And of course, I'm playing that music because it is my favorite weekend. Of the NBA season, it is All Star Weekend. This is like literally the only All Star game that people actually like. Man, I mean, this is awesome. All of it, man. The, the you know, of course, you have the celebrity game on Friday night. It used to have the uh, like the old school game, like you know, the, the old, legends, the legends game. But now they switched it to a celebrity game, which is always fun to see the celebrities get out there and shoot with they broke jump shots <laughs> and all the things that they do. But you know, you have the dunk contest, you have the three point contest, you have the skills challenge. So all those things are going on. Uh, super, super excited to, to see that whole thing. It's, it's very funny, Haver Harrington. We're going to get back to the uh, Thornton's text line in just a second. Um, But it was interesting because, of course, they've started doing this thing this year where um, they have the all-star rosters, and they basically give you a pool of starters, the 10 starters, and the – Ten, uh, 20 reserves, I think it is, because you have uh, five starters and I guess eight reserves per team or seven reserves, whatever it is. So you have two pools. You have a starter pool and your, and your reserve pool. And they the, what they've done in the past is they had guys um, – go um, on, you know, some TV, TNT or whatever, and they would do a draft. Well, this year they said for even more drama, they want to do it live. So literally they're going to do like at, if you're at the court, 
you know, and you playing pickup at, at the park, how everybody just starts saying, I want you, I want you, and they just kind of walk to, over to their side and play ball. So, and they, they tried to make a big deal out of this. Yeah, we're going to really bring the drama and just have guys get picked. But they said that the NBA has decided that to keep there from being a last pick, what they're going to do is they're going to pick the reserves first and then pick the starters. I'm like, well, even if you pick the reserves first, you know that the last reserve was still the last dude picked. Like, you know, you're trying to fly. I understand what you're trying to do by trying to flip-flop it so you don't have some guy sitting out there like Mr. Irrelevant. But, you know. You know what? That's called motivation. I mean, these dudes are multi-million, million, millionaires. They'll be all right. I don't think they're going to be sad because they're the last dude picked in the All-Star game. Not in the least bit. You know, so, uh, you know, it's going to be super exciting. Of course, uh, Louisville's own Donovan Mitchell, the first uh, University of Louisville player to ever be selected as a starter in the All-Star game. So that's going down. Uh, Spider has had him an absolutely amazing season um, and cannot wait to see what he's going to do. There's going to be several guys that are out unfortunately. Uh, Kevin Durant's not going to play in this game. Uh, Zion Williamson's not going to play. Steph Curry is not going to play. So all those guys are going to be out due to injury, unfortunately. Um, So uh, we'll get to see some of the young guys out there. De'Aaron Fox, Anthony Edwards, uh, as well as Pascal Siakam are all going to be a part of the rosters um, because of those injuries. Uh, but I'm excited about it. You know, then, of course, they have the skills challenge now. Hey, what do you think about this? <laughs> that what they're doing with the skills challenge this year is we're, they're going to have – because, of course, everybody knows the skills challenge. You have the guys that dribble around. They have to dribble around, the, you know, the statues and then throw a ball into a hoop and then get the layup in a certain amount of time. So this year they're doing teams. And I don't know how they pick these, but what they're going to do is they're going to have the Estacupo brothers on a team. They're going to have uh, the Utah Jazz represented with the team because, of course, Utah is the host city this year. And then the rookies, the top rookies, Apollo Bacharo, um, Jaden Ivey, and Jabari Smith are going to represent a team. For the Jazz, you're going to have Clarkson, Kessler, and Sexton. Like, what do you think about, like, three-man teams for a skills challenge? It's kind of weird. Like, you know what? I-, I like how the NBA is always trying to, like, Switch it up. Switch it up. Do something fresh. Do something different. You kind of saw the NFL do that this year with the flag football and, you know, their skills competition. But it's just something special about the NBA when they have their skills competition, even a dunk contest especially. Absolutely. Yeah, even though I don't know about these dunk contest participants like Kenny Martin Jr., Trey Murphy the third, Mac McClung, who's not even on a NBA roster right now, and Jericho Sims. Like – no, I, I did. Well, the, the, I know main event Mark Bacon would be happy to see Matt McClung in the dunk contest. So I, I, I mean, I want to see Aaron Gordon back. Aaron Gordon should have won. If 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 uh, Dwayne Wade could add, then Aaron Gordon would already have a championship. He got screwed out of a dunk contest championship. Like he should have just been in this dunk contest just to beat all these scrubs. You know what I mean? And, and that's the only downfall of like this generation of NBA player. Yes. Is that they're so scared to be embarrassed oh, that, yeah. that your great players, LeBron James, doesn't <laughs> compete in the dunk contest? I don't know. How sad is it that LeBron James was never in the dunk contest? And John, Mor- uh, John Morant's going down the same road? Yeah. As as many highlight dunks as John Morant's had, he's never wanted to get in the dunk contest. It's, it's just crazy to me. It's like. There used to be a rite of passage. Yes. He's like. The, the, the greatest thing about the NBA dunk contest, like when we were kids, was the fact that you literally had 
the best players in the NBA in the dunk contest. Right? Yeah. Like you had like all the great players in the league in the dunk contest. Jordan, Dr. J, Dominic Wilkins, you know, you go on and on and on to just the level of talent you had. And, you know, now to see like all your stars is kind of like, yeah, we'll pass. Yeah, I know. That's, that's uh, you know, I, I'm not happy about that. Now, your three point contest participants um, Indiana Pacers own uh, Tyler, Tyrese Halliburton and Buddy Heald. You have, of course, your former UK Wildcat, uh, Tyler Hero. For the Miami Heat, Kevin Herter um, of the Sacramento Kings who's having a great year. Damian Lillard, of course, everybody knows him. Laurie Marketing, the big man from Utah Jazz who's having a great season. Anthony Simons, former Louisville commit. Before Rick Pitino lost his job. Makes me sad. Anthony Simons is having a hell of a year for the Portland Trail Blazers. And Jason Tatum uh, are your three-point contest participants. You got any favorites in there? Who do you think is going to win it? I have no favorites at all. No favorites? I'm going with uh, Kevin Herter. Uh, Kevin Herter is an absolute like baller. Like, dude has been a shooter. I believe he was at um, Maryland uh, before he went to the NBA. It's gonna be between Tyler Hero and Kevin Herter. Da- Damian Lillard, he already had his window. He ain't won it, so I'm going with those two. It's gonna be Hero or Herter. One of those two. I think it's gonna be Kevin Herter. So we'll see what happens. But those are your All Star uh, game festivities. Uh, check them out. All Star Saturday night is always my favorite. Like the All Star game is okay, but they play like zero defense, so it kind of gets on my nerves from time to time. But at least on All Star Saturday night, you always have something weird that happens, or or you know you'll have some performances out of the blue. I remember back uh, Gerald Green uh, in the dunk contest put the uh, the cupcake on top of the rim and jumped up and blew the cupcake out and dunked it. Like, that was still one of the best dunks I've ever seen. Of course, Donovan Mitchell is a former dunk contest champion as well. So I've always loved the All-Star Weekend, so had to give him a little bit of do because you ain't going to get much of that anywhere else. <laughs> Talking about the All-Star game. But we're going to hop right back on the uh, Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Make sure you go out to any one of the 63,852 area Thornton's locations here. Uh, Thornton's for the best in gas and grub. Uh, check them out, uh, Thornton's. So uh, back to the uh, the Thornton's text line. Uh, texter says, um, he says, um, he says the team that DJ Wagner was fighting was Bishop uh, Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> uh, the, you know the the Bishop Sycamore reference. Do you do you get that reference, Haven Bishop Sycamore? Uh, no. Do you remember that the, the, there was a football team that was like a fake football team that didn't yes. really actually exist? Yes. Okay. That was, that was Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> that's that's pretty funny. Uh, got another text that says uh, he said with Haven's comments uh, with Shane not coming, uh, we all know that Shane already came. <laughs> that's terrible. <laughs> oh God, we just got we hitting all the hits today, aren't we? Our text is our own one. They're feeling it. Texas says rumors that Jay has is going to have <laughs> Katina and his and his daughters <laughs> at the party. Oh, oh gosh! See, see, this is why we can't have nice things because we go to a text line, and the text line just has to be extra. No, Katina is not going to be at the party. I don't think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Never another, know. Another texter says. Um, uh, 502-414-1450, it says, would Chris Mack be undefeated if he was coaching? Do you think Mack was laughing at us? First of all, no. Not with this roster. Chris Mack, no, would not be undefeated. But I'm going to say two things about it. If Chris Mack was the coach, A, this would not be Louisville's roster. 
or at least this would not be all of Louisville's roster if Chris Mack was the coach. And do you think Chris Mack is laughing at us right now? I'll tell you what, Chris Mack has been doing the Field of 68 podcast with Jeff Goodman, and he's been really, really um, upbeat. He definitely seems to have taken that little buyout from Louisville and is living his best life. He's just chilling. The man is over at Roosters eating chicken wings. He's going up to Cincinnati Bengals playoff games. He's doing his podcast. He's loving life. Chris Mack, the one thing about Chris Mack, which I always appreciated, but I also understood why things happened the way it did at Louisville, at least partially, is because he's too much of a regular dude. You know what I mean? Like, he's one guy that is just, he always seemed just like a guy, just like a person. Like, I could really identify with Chris Mack. And I think to be an elite coach and to be, you know, to be able to coach and be consistently successful at this level, you got to kind of be like kind of crazy and you kind of kind of have a, have a huge ego. You know what I mean? And Chris Mack never really had either one of those things. He was just too normal. You know what I'm saying? He always talked about his kids. He always kept his kids around and was always uh, trying to be a good dad and do all those types of things. And, you know, he was never kind of the egotistical kind of narcissist type dude that you kind of need to be. And I think because of that, it almost, again, the, the, the job pretty much just kind of ate him up, you know. So I, I, I do think it's unfortunate um, what happened with Coach Mack. But, no, I don't think they'd be undefeated. But I also don't think they'd be, they'd be 3-23, and 23. like not even close. So, oh, no, no. I, I think with Chris Mack here, we're looking at easy tournament team. Yeah, I mean, Chris Mack's biggest sin is that he went out and just, A, hired Ross McMains, and then basically just said, Ross, do whatever you want to do. I don't feel like playing right now. No, like, his, his biggest problem was he panicked. Yeah, he just completely melted down. Like, that, that should have never happened. He should have kept Dino. He should have kept, uh, um, uh, you know, the, the other, um, not Willard. Uh, what was the kid's name? Uh, the other coach? Kevin, uh, you know, the son of oh, the – Oh, Bill Murray's son? Yeah, uh, Kevin Murray. He should have kept those guys on staff. He should have just made a couple little tweaks and trusted his own process. I agree with you. Like, that was the biggest issue. And also, Texter says, uh, you need to be on uh, 9 to 11 weekdays. So, apparently, he likes what we're doing. So, I appreciate that, Texter. Thank you. I, you know, we, we try to bring a quality and entertaining product to the airwaves. So, I'll take that. Good job, Haven. You know, thank you for carrying me this morning. Hey, I do what I can. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I think that ultimately, you know, this this Louisville basketball team, man, like we are in a very difficult space right now. Um, and I don't know what's the best way forward. Like, um, do I think that KP has done a good enough job to retain his job to this point? No. Um, do I know if things are going to turn around? I'm going to be honest with you. With some of the things I've seen over the last two games, that offensively the guys are at least figuring it out and they're playing harder. And the guys that couldn't dribble at all to begin the year, uh, like J.J. Trainer and Jalen Withers, have figured out how to do less of turning the ball over by dribbling less um, unless they have the proper opportunities. So I do think that things have gotten better, but, A, that comes with – you know, playing 30 games is that at some point you're going to get better just by pure time on the court. So that that growth 
is to be expected. I don't think that's necessarily a precursor of how great a job or how improved Kenny's coaching is. I just think that as guys play games, the longevity of playing that many games, you're going to get better at what you're doing just through repetition. Um, you should at least. But, yeah, absolutely. Now, do I know? Do I think this formula can work at this level? Like basically playing, a, you know, Haven, you, we, we talked about it. You're trying to run a pro offense with college players. You know, it, it's – I don't know if that's the best way to go about it because I don't think you're going to get that level of talent here. Like, I think one of the big misnomers of Kenny Payne's, uh, you know, vision here, he thought that he was going to come here and just be able to pick guys and pluck guys off the street like he did at Kentucky. Like, Kentucky was getting the best of the best. Like, every year that KP was there, they had the number one recruiting class every year except for, like, one. And the year they didn't have it, they had the number two class. Like, you're not going to get that talent at Louisville. And, and I think the the lack of understanding of, A, what the job is and what he was going to be, be able to do with the job, that's where the biggest misstep was. Like, he thought that he was going to be able to come in here, just pick guys up, and that he was just going to be able to just overwhelm you with this talent and have these complete players that could just do everything and run this super um, high-level pro-style system. And that's just – that's not – the truth for what 98% of basketball, like outside of your Kansas, your Duke, your North Carolina and Kentucky, you're not really going to have that much talent. Maybe Arizona, you know, you're not going to have that level of talent. So to try to run a system that's going to only work for such a selective few number of teams just seems, um, backwards. Yeah. It just seems like a bad idea for, for, um, things moving forward. So that's why I, I am very hesitant to say that things will get much better next year, because even if you do bring in, you know, six or seven or eight mid-major transfers, like I still don't think they'll be able to do what, like just basically saying, telling guys to go out and do what NBA players do and have confidence in yourself. Like, I just don't think that's going to – I don't see a path forward to where that's going to be successful enough to get Louisville fans where you want to be. Because unless you're getting Duke, Kentucky, UNC talent level where you're getting four and five, five-star guys, I just don't think it can work. You know, and, and that's kind of the unfortunate situation. So one of two things are going to have to happen. Kenny Payne is going to have to adjust the way he's coaching and the way he's doing things to help his teams be more successful moving forward, um, or he's going to have to be able to recruit at that level. Now, which other two things do you think are going to happen first? Neither. <laughs> well, if, if that's the case, it's going to be a long next year, and, you know, I like I, I do worry about the fact that if Louisville gets to 500 – you know, Josh Hurd and company are going to say that, that they think that's enough improvement to bring KP back for year three. And I just don't know how many people will be left in the stands at that point. You know, I, I, I worry about that. But, you know, all we can do is focus on the today um, and focus on the right now. Like I said, if Kenny Payne wants to start um, that next step in the process, go out there, find a way to get a win um, on, you know, 20, uh, 2013 championship day, you know, anniversary day. Find a way to go out there to celebrate Russ Smith, celebrate Gorgie Zhang, celebrate Peyton Siva, uh, you know, and the rest of those guys, even though, you know, Shane Bohannon <laughs> – 
Jay Mahan is going to wear like the nose and, and mustache glasses <laughs> <laughs> and like sneak in. Bane Shahanan. <laughs> like if I'm him, I would come and just sit in the crowd. Like, what kind of circus do you think that would be? Because Shane's here in town. He was on the on the uh, radio with Nick Coffey earlier this week. He was on with Nick Coffey, like, Wednesday. And Nick's asking him, like, why didn't they ask you to come? <laughs> like, it's just it's a cold world, boys. It is a, it is a cold world. But, you know. I, it, so, it, before we go, we got, like, three minutes. Yes. I'm going to throw this out. I'm going to curveball for you. Okay. I like it. Who's a better coach? Rick Pitino, Denny Crum. Go. Ooh, really? Really? What does that have? That doesn't have anything to do with the 2013 team. Well, 2013 was crushed by Rick Pitino, was it not? I'm going to say Denny Crum at Louisville because Denny Crum had, you know, two championships. Rick had one. So, I mean, I'm just going to go with the, with the numbers. Now, you know, Rick was the innovator and, and Rick was the, uh, like, our pure X's and O's. I think that Denny was better. But I think Rick's style of play, especially with, um, you know, the the newer quote unquote era of basketball, I think Rick was more of an innovator. Rick was more uh, malleable than Denny. I think Denny was very much who he was, and I think that's one of the reasons why things the last eight to ten years kind of went off a cliff because Denny was really unwilling to adjust. He was willing to adjust to the three-point line. He was unwilling to uh, do what he needed to do to go out and get the players necessary to succeed, and it was definitely time for Denny to go. I mean, I love Denny, um, but it was what it was. And I think Rick Pitino, one of his biggest strengths is the fact that he's always been able to adjust with the times. He was able to do what he needed to do to win with the what was in front of him. That's one of Rick's greatest strengths is that he was always willing to change. Whether if he had a great man-to-man team, he would go with the man-to-man. If he needed to go to um, you know, a matchup zone, he would go to a matchup zone. He would switch up his offenses. He would switch up his defenses. You know, He would do whatever he needed to. And I think uh, uh, Rick Pitino's adaptability – was definitely the better of the two. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you quantify that. I think both were clearly Hall of Fame coaches, um, clearly great coaches, um, but they were both great in their own ways. And I appreciate both of them wholeheartedly. But today, it's definitely about what Rick Pitino did with that 2013 National Championship team. These guys have deserved you know what, to Louis, be recognized. Go ahead, raise the banner. <laughs> They're raising Ra- Raise no, raise the 2013 national a banner. No, raise the national championship banner. <laughs> Who cares if you get any level of violations? What, what are they going to do? Are they going to ban us from the postseason next year? Done. Who cares? <laughs> but I, 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 what are they going to do? Vacate our three victories this year? Take them. <laughs> hey man, your attitude is terrible. No, it's the attitude you need to have. UNC showed the way. Just show the just show the NCAA complete disdain, and they'll leave you alone. I mean, so show complete disdain. Raise it anyway. I mean, honestly, what are they going to do? Like, what level one violations could they level against us that Kenny Payton hasn't already done already? I mean, that's I, I agree. I what, mean, they're going to take scholarships from us and what you going to do? I mean, that's I mean, that's a point, too. I mean, I understand your you're, point. You're going to vacate three wins, take them, <laughs> honestly. Ooh, postseason ban. We're not planning to go to postseason next two years anyway. What does it matter? Knock yourself out. Do your worst. I mean, I can't disagree with you. I, it's it's one of those things where it definitely can't get much worse. But hopefully, it get it gets better today. Haven Harris is Louisville going to get a win today? No. You don't think they'll be able to get it done? No. <sighs> Do you? <laughs> 
No. I, I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I want to say that they're going to find a way to get it done. And you know what? I I, I want to believe, y'all. Like, as mad but as do I you am, believe? I still want to believe. Do you believe? No, you don't. I can tell what I saw right there. I think Louisville gets it done. You know what, Dak Babbitt? Yes. Louisville's going to get it done. Chalk it up. Cardinals win on 2013 day. Haven Harrington, I appreciate you. I appreciate everybody texting in. Thank you, callers. Thank you, listeners. Make sure you check out uh, Wake Up 502 next mo- uh, next Saturday morning, and we're out of here on uh, Big X Sports Radio. Enjoy the night. won't score 100 points. A win the Celtics won. Titles back.